All right, welcome to Bellwether Friends. Um, at this point, we have established that it is not the first podcast featuring a discussion on pop culture and why you think you should like what we like. And you should really trust us because we have a proven track record. <laughs> do, kind of. Um, so every couple of weeks, and I, Anna and I will get together and she will drink something and I will drink something and we will chat about a couple, couple of pop culture topics, what we think and how we feel. And we'll end the show with our current obsessions. Who are we? I'm Carolyn. I'm a librarian living in Chicago who watches way too much TV. And I'm Anna, a librarian in Western Massachusetts who um, liked 500,000 things as a child. So uh, so we decided for our post-Halloween show, as we bask in our sugar high <laughs> with our faces covered in chocolate and our fingers sticky from the wrappers, um, that we would talk about uh, the pop culture that we loved as a kid. And then we can talk a little bit about whether or not we think it holds up. If we've seen if it will hold up because i think there are some things that i'm just not willing to to try to bring yeah exactly exactly so anna number one on your list of 500 well so this question comes to us from Corey. i want to give her uh credit oh hi Corey. on the facebook page (laughs) if anyone else wants to suggest a topic they're welcome to do so on the facebook page or on twitter or email or email, really, you can just send up some kind of flare. We'll be like, oh, flares. Let's talk about flares. So I divided it into books, TV, movies, oh. and music. <laughs> okay. I'm going to talk about TV first, and then I'm going to throw it to you. So okay. TV is, I think, the thing that holds up the least. Oh, yeah. So okay. I had, for example... Um, my friend Angie and I got a hold of a video cassette of Gem and the Holograms when we were in college. Mm-hmm. And we made the mistake of watching some episodes. Mm-hmm. Look, if you want to to remember Gem fondly, mm-hmm. don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't watch it. <laughs> so okay, on my list so here, I have... Does not um, hold up. Yeah, does not... I interpreted childhood as meaning like, you know, up to like tween early teens okay um so this would be like stuff that i watched after school because i didn't really watch saturday morning television for whatever reason um so i watched gi joe when i could i was very interested i watched like (laughs) chippendales rescue rangers and ducktales and animaniacs i think animaniacs holds up the best of all of those probably yeah although a few of their like i was watching them tonight actually um it was like the pigeon godfather bit. And I was like, what did I think was happening when I was watching this the first time? I still haven't seen the godfather. But like at this point, I know enough to be like, oh, they're they're doing a godfather thing there. But I don't know what like 14 year old Anna was thinking. We we watched some Animaniacs with Emma and we were definitely laughing um, a lot more than she was. There was some stuff that we were getting that she just did not get, nor did she think it was funny. So, Right. So I think yeah. maybe that was a kid show that was really for adults, mm-hmm. which is fine. I still liked it. I mean, maybe I like the theme song most or the They Might Be Giants song videos most at that <laughs> point in time. <laughs> yep. Um, and so then also I watched a roster of shows like with my mom. So I watched oh, Cheers and I watched yes. Murphy Brown and oh. I watched like 
WKRP in Cincinnati. And mm-hmm. um, I think that overall those show- shows, especially Cheers and Murphy Brown, are going to hold up better upon yeah. revisiting than the sort of fluff cartoon Absolutely. kid shows. Absolutely. Um, and I, I ended up watching a lot of those because my sister was watching them. She's six years younger than me. So I had a, like a weird range of stuff I was <laughs> watching. <laughs> um, so what shows did you watch and enjoy? Oh, gosh. So I can't miss shows. I Well, I was a Saturday morning kid. Um, and I remember waking up and it was still dark and going downstairs and turning on the TV and the um station call sign would be on. oh my god how early were you up <laughs> like 5:30 ish um and i would wait for it to switch over and then i would start watching and and it was probably the only time that my parents um really let me get away with <laughs> obscene amounts of tv because i would watch from whatever time they started 6 in the morning until probably 10 or 11 um, whenever like the programming changed to weird stuff and my parents finally realized that I'd been in front of the TV all morning. Um, now as a parent, I realized that they were sleeping <laughs> and they weren't actively stopping you. Yeah. You and... realize that the, that the whole call sign thing just doesn't happen anymore. No, I know. Well, and Saturday morning cartoons kind of don't happen anymore. It's let's pour one out for them. <laughs> I've got Coco here. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, and I remember the usual on Saturday morning. It was the Smurfs um, and... Well, the Smurfs, yep. There was, I remember later in the morning, there was a Looney Tunes. And my dad would usually be up by then and he would watch Looney Tunes with me. And that was that was always fun because it was something we could share. So I think the way I have divided it up is pop culture that I enjoyed alone. <laughs> <laughs> and pop culture that I enjoyed with my family. Um, and so for TV, it was, you know, the Saturday morning cartoons. But I remember a lot of um, sitcoms like The Cosby right. Show and oh, Family yeah, Ties. Growing Pains, Who's the Boss. Oh, I loved Who's the Boss. Yeah, I know. Um, and right. Cheers. Definitely Cheers. And Cheers was one that we watched uh, as a family. Right. Um, and that was, that was always, that's like, that's something that I feel is kind of not around anymore. But there was, for better or for worse, the family gathered around the TV and watched, watched the show. Cheers. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was fun. And I remember um, one of the things that we did on Sunday nights was Murder, She Wrote. And my parents, my parents watched it every Sunday. Sunday in our house was... Um, was a pretty chill day Uh, it was a day for we would go to the library um and my parents what's that (laughs) my parents were um were very they were really big readers and so sunday was kind of like your day to go do your own thing and read your own book and yeah that was every day at my house (laughs) (laughs) by sunday evening we would kind of regroup but my mom would not do dinner so i remember that sunday nights were cereal for dinner nights which was always fun because it was something different and uh and we would watch murder she wrote and so it's it's weird how this you know pop culture entity this tv show has kind of intertwined itself into memories about 
family but yeah well so Kristen is dancing somewhere that we're talking about murder she wrote <laughs> but yeah but that's I, kind I, of I don't think i ever watched murder she wrote but you you're you you are watching once upon a time with your family so you're we carrying are. it on we are but it's a little bit different because it's when we want to watch it right 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 well on demand we can have a whole discussion <laughs> about that now it's ruining america <laughs> But we don't have commercials. And I do good. want to mention some of the like public television. Um, oh, yeah. Sesame Street, obviously. Definitely. Three, two, one, contact. Oh. Square one. I, I, um, MathNet made a really big impression on me. <laughs> <laughs> a really big impression. And I think I always liked the um, short girl agent. Oh. So I, this is like a precursor to Scully. I don't know. <laughs> I can't say for sure. And a I don't foreshadowing know how, going on there. I don't know how that holds up on rewatch. Like I don't know if I go back and watch the Fibonacci sequence episode. <laughs> I will still be like, oh my god! Wow. <laughs> Do you remember not. Romper Room? Nope. Oh. Do you remember um, Electric Company? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So these were all. You and I are the same, same age, approximately, so... Well, yeah, but how do you not the remember only, Romper Room? The only difference here is you watch Saturday morning, and I didn't, <laughs> and I definitely never had cable, ever. I feel like Romper Room was on PBS. All I remember okay, well, from... Well, maybe I just missed it. was a padded room, so maybe I was watching something else. I was watching... I watched, um mystery on pps with my mom oh that's when you... i first started to love edward gory i would watch it yes. for the credits that's all i cared about yes and do you know that that music like is a total sensory time machine for me i love that music it and sends the me right back going, oh. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah that was another one that we would watch um as a family that was yeah that it was a family show, a different <laughs> murder every week. It was amazing. Um, okay, so TV, so TV. I think we have okay. similar and and Let's covered it. Yeah. So I'm gonna move on to movies. <laughs> okay, I do have movies. Do you have movies? All I right. Do. All right. So here's my list. Mm -hmm. You ready? Mm -hmm. Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. Princess Bride. Mm -hmm. Goonies. <laughs> Never ending story. You're sensing a theme. <laughs> Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And then I, I as I got older, I started going to the library and checking out VHS tapes. So I checked out a wide variety of musicals, movie musicals, oh. and also James Bond. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, all of those, I think, hold up fine on rewatch. So I'm Little G is at the age where we're watching some of these, like we watched Star Wars. Okay. And... I think I had him watch Labyrinth, but I'm sure he doesn't remember it or we stopped in the middle or something because he was like, ugh. <laughs> but, like, to me, I could still watch these any amount of time. The only one that I watch and I think this could be better is actually Star Wars because it doesn't have any female characters to no. speak of other than yeah. Princess Leia and she's like, princess? And you're like, ah. <laughs> she gets captured and dressed in a bikini and... Yes, she strangles Jabba the Hutt. Spoiler alert. Uh, it's problematic. What are you going to do? <laughs> it is problematic. And I'm sure James Bond is also problematic. Oh, dear God. The Sean Connery discussion that we had a few yes. episodes ago. Is only part, is a only small part, part of, of the problem. But, you know, I really like, <laughs> like that part also. <laughs> 
All right. I I had a keen appreciation for quotation marks romance. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Any way I could possibly get it. <laughs> so that's probably why I liked James Bond, other than the cool gadgets. Oh, those were the best. Yeah, but James no, Bond would, was a big part. I would watch any of those again and live tweet them for this podcast. <laughs> so when was the last time you saw NeverEnding Story? Oh, it's been a while because that one makes me cry. Yeah. I mean, I have it on VHS downstairs. So you um, could theoretically watch it. I could watch it at any time because I also have a VCR. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're living in 1993. So. <laughs> well, it goes with my musical taste. So there. <laughs> so that's the one i'm afraid to watch yeah um so my my movies are the same except i will also add space camp i haven't seen space camp oh. should i watch it well are you gonna make me watch it <laughs> well so i loved space camp and i loved um monster squad i haven't seen that either all right so both of those i have watched and in fact i think i own monster squad monster squad holds up a little bit better um space camp does not (laughs) Uh, and in fact i made um poor fred sit through it and it was like this is all just terrible and i was like but tate donovan and there's a space shuttle tate donovan's teeth there's something about his face (laughs) i don't know well joaquin before he was joaquin when he was still leaf phoenix and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so that one doesn't hold up, but I, I, uh, I'm afraid to watch Never Ending Story because that that one holds such like a, a hallowed place in my heart. Um, yeah. In fact, when we were gonna have a, a baby and we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, and you were gonna we, name it Atreyu? No, I wanted to name him. If it was a boy, I wanted to name him Sebastian. Oh, okay. Because that's ba- probably I mean, a better name. His name's Bastion, but that's weird, and people would be like, "Why is his name Bastion?" So I was like, "Well, he's Sebastian." <laughs> oh, yeah, his name's Bastion, which is weird. But anyway, um, moving along. I showed Emma Labyrinth a couple of weekends ago. Oh, yeah? And? She loved it. Yes! It was amazing. It was amazing. And I sang through the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, okay, mom. Yeah, she's like, okay, could you not sing? And it totally held up. Of course it did. Oh, my God. And then afterwards, I gave her the book that I have of the goblins that... um, Oh, yeah, Brian Froud. Yeah, and Terry Jones. Yep. have and I was like look every goblin in the movie is in this book and she took it to bed and slept with it and it was amazing the end. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That's the best. It's the best. So it was the best outcome I could hope for. Right. The The worst outcome is why are you making me watch this? Or sobbing as she runs away. <laughs> well I had George watching um, Shall We Dance which is Fred and Ginger <laughs> <laughs> musical and he didn't hate it. He was just like Mm. is this a grown-up movie Mm. (laughs) yeah yep (laughs) it is a grown-up movie but look they're dancing i'm waiting until until emma will appreciate west side story oh and then we're gonna watch the hell out of that west side story (laughs) what (laughs) look i've only i've i've only watched half of west side story ever because i didn't want to keep going don't make me start singing (laughs) i i (laughs) Let's do an all singing episode sometime. Can we dub it? Yeah. 
it'll be we'll other have, people we'll singing. Um, um, what's her name? Marnie Nixon, who did the voices um, in My Fair Lady, and uh, and what was the other one she did the voice in? Oh, um, she, oh, the one Anna and the King, the King and I. Ah, oh, yes. And then she finally got to be on screen in The Sound of Music. Anyway, I I have a musical problem. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to music. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I had two sources of music. One was the clock radio that my grandma gave me when I was like eight. Mm. And I had it tuned to Kissin' 97, <laughs> Salt Lake City. Kissin'? Kissin'. K-I-S-N. <laughs> <laughs> That was in Utah? Yes, it was in Utah. Wow. Kissing in Utah. Hmm. Yeah, so that was um, like all 80s all the time. Oh, and I really ended up loving Chicago oh. and um, Dancing on the Ceiling by Lionel <laughs> Richie and <laughs> other songs, yes. which which I don't know if you can say if they hold up or not. I mean, they are what they are and they will transport me instantly and I will sing along to them and be happy. I'm not embarrassed. Right. No, to absolutely. Own three different versions of like Chicago's the hits, you know, on tape and digitally <laughs> and <laughs> on CD. <laughs> and then my parents' record collection, which I Oh man. I played my way through and I would like pick one and played a bunch and so that was like my mom's folk collection so like peter paul and mary and simon and garfunkel and and then she had a bunch of musical albums too so like i would listen to my fair lady with julie andrews Mm -hmm. not you know audrey Audrey hepburn's fake voice (laughs) um and i would listen to the beatles a lot of the beatles Mm -hmm. and the first albums i started to buy were they might be giants which I still buy today, so I would say that's the thing that's <laughs> held up the best. Like, they're still producing music. I'm still listening to it. It works out for... <laughs> for both parties. For all of us. So, um, I think I'm, you know, the music that you listen to as a child is stuck with you. Oh, I, I definitely think so. Even if you didn't like it at the time, like, if oh, you God. hear it on the radio, you're like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Um, music is the one thing I agree with you. I think it holds up no matter what, because there's no, there's no like weird reference to something that's not applicable anymore. There's just the sound that instantly transports you. Um, I was, I had a, (laughs) a panda that had a built-in radio. I don't know if you remember the age of stuffed animals with built-in radios, but um, I think I missed that one. Oh, but it was a panda, and um, every Sunday I would listen to Top Forty with Casey Kasem. <gasps> poor Casey. Poor Casey. And um, it, it it really did kind of shape my musical tastes. Um, I remember listening to Thriller. Oh yeah, yeah. I put that as my favorite Halloween song. Yeah, you did. You did. Um, so. Again, as a kid, everything's kind of tied up with your parents, you know, because they're kind of like the the people in your life that you see all the time. And um, my mom was was a very young mom, and so she listened to a lot of the music that was popular. So I remember, like Lorelai Gilmore. 
Okay, so just here's where I nod. That's here's, right. You haven't seen the Gilmore Girls. Here's where I out myself and say I haven't seen oh. the Gilmore Girls. Oh, okay. I need to work on that. Yeah. I'm gonna assign you some episodes to watch now that's okay. on Netflix. Now that it's on Netflix. Okay. Uh, yes. So I remember dancing in the living room to a 45 of Like a Virgin with oh my, my mom. Oh my god. Yeah. And uh, and Aha's take on me. That was a good one too. That's a good one. I love that one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and then as I got older, I kind of stayed with the top 40 for a while. Right, right. The first CD I bought was, I believe, a Johnny Gill CD. No. What about the first tape you bought? Oh, God. Oh, my okay, God. T- I'm going to tell you, the first tape I bought was a bang- The Bangles, A Different Light. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And then the first CD I bought was the B-52's Cosmic Thing. Oh, nice. I don't remember the first tape I bought, but I remember the Pretty in Pink soundtrack basically dissolving in my tape player <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing it over and over and over again um so yeah but did I, you watch the movie yes and watch it over and over again i See? did i did you and i had the book that. the book i read over and over and over again i watched 16 candles a lot more than pretty in pink oh i did like 16 candles but pretty in pink i think spoke to me on a different level <laughs> you know <laughs> however level? old i was nine <laughs> So, yeah, music is – and I, you mentioned your parents' albums. My parents had a huge album collection. And uh, so my dad would call my mom stuff uh, bubblegum, and he would tease her. But she had a lot of folk stuff, um, and she mm-hmm. had a lot of Motown. Um, so listen to a lot of that, a lot of Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad was, like, the rock guy, the Beatles, the Stones, Zeppelin. Um, but he also had a lot of classical and uh, I listened to a bunch a lot of, of So that. my mom always listened to the, the oldies station in the car. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I have a really good grip on the 50s and 60s because that was the oldies at that point in time. Right, yeah. The oldies have shifted, I realize, but that's still the oldies to me. <laughs> me too. And um, my dad and mom both had, like, um, a strong interest in, like, music from everywhere. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like... Latin American music and African music and like classical music and all this stuff going on. I just, you know, when it came down to it, I was like, I'm going to listen to the White Album 25 times in a row. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I still do that. Like I get something stuck and I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to it 25 times in a row. And I remember being fascinated, especially as a little, little one, by album art. Yeah. And I would just sit and listen to the record and stare at the album cover and be like, <laughs> Well, the White Album we had had like four individual color photographs of each of the Beatles and I would like lay them out and stare at them. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point I did, I like, I did a drawing for each song on the album. Oh, wow. Like what occurred to me when it was going on. Oh, that's amazing. Do yeah. you still have those? I don't know. They could be in the garage along with many other things. <laughs> and yeah. then, so I was going through my musical phase and, and I discovered like music of the forties. And then I like was coming across like Cole Porter stuff and, oh, yeah. um, Rogers and Hart and all that, all, all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely didn't get into that until high school. It's really this, it's only the 70s that there's a big, giant gap in my musical knowledge. Oh, 
the seventies. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. all right. We okay. all talk about the seventies. I was from there. <laughs> Towards the end. Towards so the end. Must, so it must not have been that bad. <laughs> All right, so what's your last category? Okay, well, my last category is books, obviously. Books. This could take a little while. <laughs> Let me turn the page. Okay, I'm going to divide these into sections. Oh, my God. I feel very organized. I don't know if this is what Corey was bargaining for when she asked this question. You know what? You you, you roll the dice. <laughs> That's right. You get what you get. Um, so I was really into mystery, so I read a ton of Hardy Boys, a ton of Nancy Drew, mm -hmm. Three Investigators, Trixie Belden, oh, yeah. like any any of those series I could get my hands on, like I would just mow through them. Mm -hmm. Encyclopedia Brown. Oh, yeah. And then I was super into Robin Hood, as you may have noted by the picture that I posted. <laughs> I have another one that's, I, 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 that I will post, I think, on Friday, which will be in the past when this airs. <laughs> Last week. Um, where I, like, I would get on my gear and I would put, like, a, be a face paint beard on. And mm. then I would be, like, super serious. So I used to collect Robin Hood books. And I have, like, a billion of them stacked up over there. Aww. And I also collected King Arthur books. But I have this problem. It's, the, it's called the <laughs> West Side Story problem. Where... <laughs> I didn't like the sad part. So, like, King Arthur, oh. I like the King Arthur stories until this, the part where, like, it all goes to hell. <laughs> and the round table dissolves and everyone is sad. Yeah. You know, they usually do that in the King Arthur stories. Right. I know. And then Robin Hood, there's a certain part at the end, like, where he dies and he yeah. shoots an arrow. And, like, that's where they bury him or whatever. And yeah. I just didn't like to read that chapter. So that was, that's my problem. So you have all these unfinished books. <laughs> I do. I have a lot of unfinished books. Um, but I got in, I got really into fantasy at a certain point. Hmm. So we talked a little bit about Bonicula last mm -hmm. time and um, John Bellers, which I mentioned uh, subsequently on Twitter. So that's a kind of like mystery slash thriller but then I started reading like Lloyd Alexander and Susan Cooper. Mm -hmm. And um, then at some point I stumbled across Tamara Pierce, oh. who is like the thing that I still read. It's like the, they might be giants of the book category. Now, yeah. Something yeah. I started reading then and I'm still reading now when a new one comes out. I buy it and I read it and I put it on my shelf with all the rest of them. <laughs> Um, and then the Westing game, um, you have to read it and not think, well, if they had Google, <laughs> they would be fine, you know? So in order for it to hold up, you have to think of it as, um, historical fiction. Well, yeah. I think you can do that. I think you can. Yeah. But I'm not sure, you know, if I handed it to my child at a certain age, if he would be like, duh. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to say, you know, put yourself... Put yourself in the position of this kid who likes to kick people in the shins. <laughs> Wait, no. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Wait, hold <laughs> on. And then there's a, a particular book that my mom loved as a child that she read with me called The Little White Horse by Elizabeth Gouge. Hmm. 
Hmm. And um, I really love that book, and I will be reading it to little G when the time comes. I think all of these um, hold up well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the Hardy Boys Nancy Drew set mm. is the one that would hold up the least well uh-huh. because, you know, there's a lot in the Hardy Boys about Chet and his, like, stoutness <laughs> or whatever and... <laughs> You know, Nancy Drew is cool, and I really liked George, her friend, obviously. A friend in quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, but I think if I reread, I would be like, just get it on. You know? <laughs> just do it already. Just do it. <laughs> so probably the fantasy ones, and especially Tamara Pierce, are the ones that I go back to again and again, and then I'm going to pass on, um, which we'll talk about in the next segment yeah um so i definitely had also the mystery phase and the nancy drew and the encyclopedia brown and i'd forgotten about trixie belden oh my god um i love them i also read a bunch of agatha just straight up agatha christie's at that point oh yeah i did too well right around the time when i started watching mystery hey what a coincidence exactly um and then i remember the christopher pike phase I never had that phase. Oh, so that was that was like my my thriller phase, and then I remember my stuff. The stuff that I read got really dark. <laughs> See, this is where you turned to horror. Yes, <laughs> and I started reading romance novels if my mom's in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't do that because the one time that I I read a quasi romance, it was Judy Blooms Forever. Oh God! Uh, my mom discovered it. I was not apparently old enough to be reading it. Yeah, how old were you? Ten, maybe. Okay, ten or eleven. Um, it, she was horrified. I was horrified that she was horrified. We never spoke well, of it again. Did you let Emma read that in like two years? No. All right then. <laughs> no, but it, it, that was, it just kind of was like, oh, okay, well, I don't want to read that anymore. But she hasn't said anything about the scary stuff, so I'll go ahead and keep reading that. Um, and I remember in junior high, like sixth, seventh grade, maybe even as young as fifth grade, there was a, um, this sort of, uh, I call them the cancer books. They were like young girls with leukemia. Are these the Lurleen McDaniel ones? I or? think so. Yeah. And she had a series, but then there were other sort of, you know, wannabe copycat. I, yeah. I, I, I missed this completely along with V.C. Andrews. Oh, I was fascinated by these. Fascinated by these. Um, <laughs> to the point where I still, like, when I get a bruise, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't need any help with my hypochondria. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is what started mine. Uh, so yeah, Reading so... is dangerous! <laughs> Reading, don't let your kids do it. Um, so yeah, so there was the cancer books, and then um, and then at some point I just started um, I don't know, if it had a dark creepy cover, I was going to read it. I don't remember when I kind of made the switch into literary fiction. I definitely did start reading more literary fiction, probably in high school and college. And then then I just completely reverted and went back to YA. So That's not reverting. It's just realizing what's good. What's, what, what I like. What right. I like to read. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, and in terms of stuff that I read with my parents, um, my dad read me almost the entire Wizard of Oz series. Nice. And so that's, we found um, at a used book sale a couple weekends ago, We've Emma and I found a copy, I think it was Glinda of Oz, that had the cover that mine had. I don't, I don't really know where mine are. I think they're somewhere in storage. Um, but it had the same cover and I was like, oh my God, buy that, get it. I don't care if it's like falling apart. You have to have this book. So, so there are two books that I read with my dad that really stuck with me uh-huh. as a kid. I'm trying to figure out the name of the second one. But the first one is called Snow Treasure. And it's mm-hmm. about these kids in Norway during World War II who, like, Norway is being invaded by Germany, and they're trying to sneak gold bullion out of the country so that they don't get their hands on it. And these kids are, like, putting it on their sleds and, like, pretending to, like, just be fun sledding. But they're actually, like, <laughs> sneaking gold. <laughs> wow. This I know. Is, like, heavy stuff. It is heavy stuff. And then the other one was, like, um, about this boy who lived in the jungle in India or something. I don't remember much about it, except there was a mongoose. <laughs> was it like Ricky Tiki Tavi? No, it wasn't Ricky Tiki Tavi. <laughs> I will see if I can find it. Something Kingdom. I don't know. Hmm. If I can figure it out, I will. Okay. He is not the person who's going to remember. <laughs> so it has to be me. Yeah, no, I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. So speaking of parents and reading... Here I go. Segwaying. Segwaying again. Carry yeah, on. That's me. Um, the other thing we wanted to talk about today was how being a parent has changed our perception of pop culture or um, influenced what we share with our child, what we maybe don't share. Um, or how we share. So what do you, how has this, how has being a parent changed that for you? Or okay. maybe just being an adult. Uh, I'm not uh, an adult. Okay, an old person. <laughs> so this question comes to us from Amy Watson, one of our torrent of Amy fans. Oh my gosh. I know we're so many Amys. We like them all. We do. Um, so I, this one was hard. I was thinking about it and then thinking about it and I was like, ah. Oh. And I think um, on a practical level, what it comes down to is like talking about all these favorite things, thinking, okay, now when, when is the right time to introduce him to this? Mm-hmm. Like, when is the right time to show him Star Wars? Is mm-hmm. it when he's three? Probably not. Is it when he's four? <laughs> I don't know. You know, now he's five. We watched Star Wars. He's like fine with it. But, you know... Uh, if you show him something and he's not ready for it, then he might hate it. Yes. And be bored and then be like, I don't want to try that again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of, if you can't force your child <laughs> to like the things that you like, <laughs> who can you force? <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, what is the point of having children? Exactly. Inculcate them. <laughs> But you have to do it subtly. You can't be like, you have to read this now. And you can't have any choices. 
You just have to give him two choices, and they're both choices you like. <laughs> so this is this is what I've learned as well. Um, and I think part of that is part of what's hard is loving some things so much and wanting your child to have that same love and and so coming to the realization that they may not and that's okay <gasps> you um, can't force it it's so <laughs> annoying though what's been really hard for me is realizing that my child is not exactly the same as i i was yeah, as a kid yeah yeah um she doesn't like overly tense right. moments whereas um, you were just seeking them out you were like oh <laughs> Exactly. Give me more tension. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you know, we we showed her Star Wars, and she was like, "Not really." And so we waited, and then we showed it to her again, and she was like, "Eh." Um, <laughs> Indiana Jones, not really excited in Indiana Jones. Um, so it's it's been really really hard. Books have been the one thing that I can give her, and it they're fine. Okay. Um, but, but well, she can pace herself better on those. I yeah. Think. Yeah. But movies have, and movies are the one thing that I, I keep really wanting to share with her because. But we, you did the labyrinth. You had the labyrinth success. We did. We did labyrinth. Hang on to that. Yeah. She and I did labyrinth. And then we did another one. We had another pop culture sharing generate intergenerational <laughs> moment. Um, because part of it is. I feel like I speak in <laughs> movie lines all the time. Uh, I know I do. Yeah. So it it only makes sense that she watches some of these and, and understand why her parents are so crazy. Um, so we got her to agree uh, in the middle of the day to watch Ghostbusters. Okay. So apparently my five-year-old just watched that <laughs> with his other parent. So how did that go? It, you know, it went okay. I She thought stuff was funny. She laughed. Um, she didn't laugh when we necessarily laughed. Uh, but she liked it. And when it was over, she was like, that was good. And she didn't have any nightmares. And I can't ask for anything else. <laughs> like, that's, that's all I needed. She didn't mock us or cry. Or <laughs> she liked so it. We- in my movie, Brendan, we didn't talk about Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <gasps> which was a very important oh my God. part yes. of my childhood. childhood. Mm-hmm. So, so um, little G and I have foam swords, and we occasionally duel each other. <laughs> and then he pretends to chop off my limbs. And so I wanted to show him <laughs> the scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail with the Black Knight. And... um. So I was like, oh, we'll look at it on YouTube. So we watch it, and, um, you know, blood is spurting everywhere, uh-huh. and yeah. he's calling him a bastard. Uh-huh. And it's so completely on. inappropriate. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so then, but he really liked it, of course. He was like, I want to watch it again. I want to watch it again. I was like, um. <laughs> so the problem that I'm finding is my memory is not clear enough to gauge <laughs> I really need to be like rewatching before I show it to him to be like, is this going to work or not? I had a guy at the library come up to me with his two kids mm. and they look to be about like 10 and seven or 12 and eight or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, 
you know, I'm taking them through the classics or whatever, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to show them things and how old do you Scarface. think your kids should be? <laughs> no, before they watch Wayne's World, and I was like, oh, I mean, I love <laughs> Wayne's World. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, like classics meaning like movies that influenced you. Like I, yeah. I quote Wayne's World regularly. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but we were regularly. in high school when that came out. I am trying not to quote it right now. <laughs> but so I had to be like, uh, well, there's one sex scene at least that I remember. You know, like I was trying to be subtle as possible <laughs> in front of the children. I'm like, I don't I don't remember the language. I just remember it being silly. I don't think it was. No, I don't think it was. I And then I just said to him, you know what? Maybe you should. I'll put a hold on it for you. <laughs> but maybe you should watch it first. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand that it's tedious to be like, all right, I have to watch Lings World by myself. And then we, the next night or whatever. <laughs> right. Watch it again. We'll watch it again. <laughs> well, so both of us went to the movies with our parents when we were very young. And I think there was a lot of stuff. So, for example, Airplane. That was a big movie of my childhood. And re-watching it as an adult, it turns out there's a lot that's really not appropriate for a child. But most of it went over my head. Right. Completely. Well, so, yeah, exactly. I'm sure Monty Python stuff went over my head, too. Yeah. And you picked up on what you wanted to and... You know? The chopping off the limbs and the coconuts. <laughs> the right. coconuts are the best part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is that. And then um, the other thing that has sort of changed is I'm a lot more in tune with the children's department at my library. Like I wander through there and I just pick things up and I try them out on him and oh. um you know, I just didn't spend a lot of time looking at the materials there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they have such great stuff and they're willing to recommend things to me, obviously. Um, I have all of the admiration for children's librarians. Um, and so I'm acquiring new things through him that are interesting to me. Like we started watching Gravity Falls. Oh, and um, because I thought it would be something he would like. He kind of likes sort of scary things, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's mostly age appropriate. The stuff that he's not getting is going over his head. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, but, you know, that's something I got out of the library. And... I rely a lot on the children's librarians of Twitter to tell yes, me exactly what books my child may like but she also comes to me with new books like you know and she says look i got this at the library and it's really cool and here's what's happening and and she's showing me things that i would like to read just like she goes and browses my bookcase and says can i read this book so i think that's been one um unexpected benefit of it yeah, I think the best thing about it is just the opportunity for sharing mm-hmm. cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's going to work. And sometimes, I mean, work as in you're both going to enjoy it. And sometimes it's not. And that is fine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of what 
we remember as adults from our childhood are the things that worked. And I'm sure there were plenty of things that our parents tried to share with us that we were like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) This is terrible. I should ask my dad. I don't know. I mean, my parents, they read to us, but I don't remember who selected the books. Like, how did we get to that Mm -hmm. point? I don't know. No. You know, and it's weird. I don't remember my mom reading to me at all, but I'm pretty sure she must have. But I don't remember it. Um and I don't remember my dad ever picking the TV show, but he must have because he was always there and he was a pretty vocal guy. <laughs> so I don't think he'd have been like, oh, watch whatever. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, we we tend to get fairly selective with our memory and I can only hope that our children will do the same. <laughs> they won't be like, ah, oh, she tried to do this to me. <laughs> do you remember when she tried to make me watch this over and over again? That was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, there were people dancing. <laughs> yeah, we haven't I tried do need someone yet. to watch movie musicals with me and enjoy them. <laughs> Maybe Twitter will do that with me. Twitter will totally do that with you. I like musicals. All right. We'll do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking what I'm going to... Right now we're reading Paranorman, which is a little over his head, I think, but he enjoys zombies. <laughs> It seems totally sure. appropriate. Um, but I think I'm going to try this secret garden on him and Ooh. see if he likes it or not. Wow. I know. All right. Well, he really is... liked the Phantom Tollbooth so much that he, like, still talks about it. Oh. I know. That's so sweet. He likes <laughs> words. <laughs> oh. Yay. <laughs> That's so good. All right. Is... Well, do you have... Um... So was were books the last thing on your list? On my list of why are you taking us back to the last? Because I just want to make sure. Um, so we're good, right? You don't have anything. I think we're good. Okay. Let's. Why don't you tell me what your obsessions are this week? So my obsession is kind of related to uh, what I read as a child. I am obsessed with finding the perfect scary story right now. Um, I am really frustrated because I can't seem to find it. Um, I, I am really, really picky. It's kind of like finding a purse. Um, it has to have the pocket in exactly a certain place and it can't be too long and it can't be too short, too big or too small. Um, so the perfect scary story can't be too grody and it can't be too weird, but it has to be a little bit weird and... So I'm I'm obsessed with finding the perfect scary story. And so right now I'm auditioning a candidate. Um, I'm listening to A Good and Perfect Child by Justin Evans. Okay. Um, rec- to, recommended to me by Toby Greenwald. Yep. And um, it's pretty creepy. I like it so far. So are you soliciting recommendations still? Yes. I'm always okay. soliciting recommendations. And by story you mean... Um narrative not necessarily short story i i'll take scary story okay (laughs) so narrative like book length short story novella (laughs) i was just trying to clarify no 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 yeah just scary listening is that your only obsession right now yeah 
you have a one track mind on this topic. Okay. I do. I do. I'm um I'm currently in birthday party planning mode. Oh, so, right. Right. Yeah, so Is there a theme? No, there's no theme. It's at a bowling alley. Excellent. Um and so they're taking care of the entertainment and the food. We've uh picked she she wanted to have goodie bags. So she's turning 9 and we said, "Okay, this is probably going to be the last year that you have goodie bags." Um, and you can't put any candy in them because her birthday is the day after Halloween. Right. Um, so she's actually, she's picking a book to give to everybody. Oh my God. That's adorable. I know. And she wanted, um, this part hurts my heart a little bit, uh, sparkly lip gloss (laughs) and, (sighs) and nail polish, uh, and washi tape. Do you know washi tape? No. Washi tape is like decorative paper tape. Okay. So everyone gets a roll of washi tape. So that you can wash it? No, it's Japanese. Washi. Oh, oh, washi. I've got it, got it. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes we add E to the end of things here. Oh. <laughs> this is an I. Washi. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, but yeah, no. So that's that's kind of what my, my brain is focused on right now. That and scary stories. Send me your scary stories. Okay. Yeah. How about you? I am obsessed with two things. Number one is I just finished Jillian Anderson's audiobook. Oh, yeah. Which is good. I enjoyed it. I enjoy listening to Jillian Anderson (laughs) talk to me in my car. (laughs) And I'm now starting, as you wish, the audiobook, (gasps) which I got a review copy of from Library Journal. And it so it has, we saw Carrie Elwes at um, BEA. You did? Uh-huh. I think I vaguely remember this. Okay. Yeah, there are pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Fangirly pictures. Don't. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so the audiobook has him and, like, the bulk of the cast uh, talking about, you know, their experiences on making about making the movie and stuff. With the notable exception, I think, of Billy Crystal. But, oh, well. That's fine. Wait, but... The bulk of the cast doing the actual audio? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Right? Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. And, and the second thing I'm obsessed with is a song that I that I purchased today and I downloaded. I don't know how many times I played it. Let me see if I can figure it out. <laughs> Since I acquired it this afternoon, late this afternoon. Oh, so only a few hours I ago. I played it. <laughs> I can't tell. Um, I'm going to say like 30 times, probably, Whoa. probably like that. So anyway, it's by Taylor Swift <laughs> <laughs> and I, I heard it on the radio and then I played it a few times on YouTube and then I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'll buy it. So it's the, it's the single of, uh, shake it off. Yeah. I can't, um, help it. Yeah. And I'm not going to be embarrassed. It is a catchy damn It is hook. a very catchy song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We sing it every time it comes on the radio. Yeah, because... we sing along. Yep. Well, um, I'll burn you a copy if you want. (laughs) Just a CD of that song on repeat. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting my money's worth out of it. Well, good for you. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so let us know... um, 
first of all, what your childhood pop culture obsessions were and if they hold up or if you are too afraid to see if they will hold up, <laughs> which is totally valid and we completely understand. Um, and then also, if you are a parent, how you found your pop culture perspective changing. Um, I think that's I, that's something that we could probably talk about again later um, from a different angle. I I it's constantly going to change as our children get older and um, as we get or older. Independent, and, damn it! Ah, uh, don't even get me started on Halloween costumes. Why can't I pick it out anymore? <laughs> yeah, so, well, we, we're not picking it out either, and he's five. So did did he pick it out? Yeah, well, he has a whole superhero that he's invented, and he has to go as his superhero, although the costume that we acquired for him is not perfect, so it's been downgraded to the superhero's good friend. Oh my god, that's awesome. (laughs) (sighs) That's a word for it, yes. He is awesome, and his imagination is awesome, and we hope to benefit from the monetization of this superhero character someday. Absolutely. Start drawing the comic. And his best friend. Right. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Carolyn. You can find me all over the internet at Paper Squared. P-A-P-E-R-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D. I'm Anna, and you can find me online at Helga Grace. H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. And our in and out music was provided by the lovely Julie Jerkins. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie, H I M I S S J U L I E. 